Hey guys, Murray Valerian of the Road Stories Podcast. How's it going? How you doing? Are you living? Are you living? Is that what you're doing? Got a great show for you guys this week. Uh, very excited about it. Going to tell you up front right now, it's a bit of a roller coaster, so strap in. Um, doesn't go completely off the rails. It doesn't go full crazy train, but uh, it's 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 fun. It's fun. Just take some Dramamine because it's a it's a bit of a wild ride. Uh, before we get started, I want to talk to you about one thing, um, and that one thing is Audible.com. What? Why are you talking to me about Audible.com? I'll tell you why I'm talking to you about Audible.com. Uh, two things. A, they sponsored the Los Angeles Podcast Festival this year, which was awesome. It made it the best year to date, in my opinion. And two, they are giving Road Stories podcast listeners a special deal. Now, for those of you who don't know about Audible.com, Audible.com's content includes more than 180,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. That's a lot of content. And it also comes with free apps for iPhones, iPad, Androids, and Windows phones. You can download and listen on iOS devices, Androids, Kindle Fires, Windows phones, and over something like 500 MP3 players. That's insane. But unlike other streaming and rental services, with Audible, you own your books. That's right. You own your books. That is a commitment. And like the greatest commitment of all marriage, there's a way out. Let's say you don't like your book. Let's say you get halfway through Catcher in the Rye and you're like, this blows. You can return it and they'll replace it with another title completely for free. No questions asked. Don't like Catcher in the Rye? Here's Catcher in the Corn. I don't know. Whatever book you choose, you can return it. They'll give you a new title for free. No questions asked anytime, any day of the week. Um, I'm going on the road this weekend, so I've been looking for which book I'm going to read because I've been shopping around for a new book lately. And um, I'm a big David Sedaris fan, so there's a bunch of David Sedaris books on there. The Keith Richards book, man. The Keith, can you believe I never read? You guys know how much of a music fan I am, and I never read the Keith Richards book. But I think I'm gonna go with, I think I'm gonna go with Elvis Costello, Unfaithful Music and Disappearing Ink. So I think that's what I'm gonna do on the road. I'm gonna take Elvis Costello, Unfaithful Music and Disappearing Ink, and uh, check that out, and I'll uh, give you guys a report on it. What book are you guys gonna choose? Oh, I forgot to tell you. You get a book. If you're a Road Stories listener, is that right? You go to audible.com forward slash road. You get a 30-day trial and a free book of your choice. A free book of your choice, which remember, you own. So over 180,000 things to choose from. If I've said this once on this podcast, I've said it a thousand times. As a nation, we don't read nearly enough. So go to audible.com forward slash road. Get your 30-day free trial. Get your free book. Pick a good one. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you got. I'll let you know about this Elvis Costello book. And, uh, and we'll have our own little book club. The Road Stories Book Club. Who's bringing the brie? You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, cattle flights, running with the runs And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette <laughs> Trunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more, missing merch And drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon Oh god, worst It's like the green, like you're in a green room somewhere. You, right, ever, you, you do that when you go into the green room, and they're, especially at the improv, they have all the thousand Fiji water. Well, first of all, them, yeah, stuff no, them no. in your backpack. And when then I work with home. Steve, there's no Fiji water. Um, it's just water from the fountain. 
Uh, they don't. We don't get bottled water. Well, you gotta save. Gotta sell somewhere. tickets yeah. to get bottled water. <sighs> Paying your price, Gary. It's the most new material I've heard from Gary in <laughs> six months. <laughs> I, no fairy spit water on myself. That was funny. Thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. <laughs> Not giving Gary Cannon a chance to rebuttal. Uh, does everybody know what we're doing today? Yeah. I just, I just oh, ambushed Steve Byrne and, and Gary yeah. Cannon on their show. Fuck so, yeah. All right. Yeah, we're here. All right. yeah. Let's do this. Well, Ready. you'd be surprised how many people show up and be like, so this is a podcast? Oh, really? Yeah, what are we? So what are we? No, doing? we're ready. We're yeah. About? And then they start it's doing ready. bits. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Name, oh, yeah. name the comic who does that. <laughs> we're talking not, about movies I'm before. Well, Gary would do that, but he has no bits. We were talking about movies before, uh-huh. and I was watching uh, Vision Quest was on a couple of nights ago Oh, on Showtime. Matthew Modine? Matthew Is that Modine? Matthew Modine? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ice skating? Is that right? No, wrestling. wrestling. Oh, wrestling, right. Yeah, right. yeah he had to wrestle the dude that had the telephone pole on his shoulders. He was yes. going up the bleachers. Hey, sh- was his name Shoop? Yeah. Hey, Shoop. And he had his Indian friend that gave him the vision quest to That's right. to defeat the uh <laughs> That's right. The champ. But he was banging like that uh the old chick from Men in yes. Black. She was like yes. she was like twenty five back then. She was hot, but he's in high school. It's really funny. She comes into the school and they're all like, Oh my god, like they've never yeah. seen a girl before. <laughs> but she could be she could she could have gotten like if that movie happened today, she'd right. be arrested for statutory rape. I looked at that oh you're right. Absolutely, because he was in of, high school. A lot of those Things in the eighties were like class. Remember class where uh, uh, my tutor that was my tutor one. class. Yeah, yeah, class yeah. he ends up banging his mom on vac- his friend's mom on vacation, and they have to spend Christmas together. My, right, right. There was another movie called Private Lessons. Remember that the like the maid hits on the kid. Do you remember that? No, but I remember the title Private Lessons. Private Lessons. There Revenge was Revenge of the uh, Nerds. He puts on the Vader mask and he bangs the hot chick. Champion. Oh yeah, that's kind of more rape, rape than statutory rape, isn't it? Yeah, that's just straight. That's up, straight up. Like no, that's straight up dark side rape. Yeah, that's <laughs> not even a, an assist from Cosby. Just there was straight in. There was a champion, uh, which was if you bought it, you were raped. That's a Steve's DVD, which is garbage. Let me just say this: we're talking about the Indian friend, <laughs> the Indian what? friend. Why? Can you take this guy on the road with you? The Indian, because I sell tickets. <sighs> Fuck the, the you! Future sells more yeah, tickets. the middle. Fuck. Yeah, we're here to By see the way, the let me just say act. this: the uh, the Indian friend on Vision Quest. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but I dated once an Indian girl in high school, and I will tell you, she gave great scalp. I think that. Uh, Aren't, aren't oh. guys not supposed to do bits on this? Oh, oh, oh. I don't think that constitutes a bit. <laughs> yeah. God, God, Gary. Holy crap. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Thank you, Ed McMahon. It's <laughs> off my first album. Oh, I wouldn't have oh, a CD boy. at that point. <laughs> my first album is called She Gives Good Scalp. <laughs> yeah. Steve, tell uh, Murray about the uh, TV show that you were on eight years ago. It was called... Uh, a year ago? It was called Cheers Revisited. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Yes. All right. Um, so you did do a tour with your show, though, didn't you? We did tour uh, three with Sullivan years. and Son? Yeah, we did No it. plurals, right? Excuse me? Just Sullivan and Son. Sullivan and Son, yeah. I pay actually, attention. Somebody yeah. was on Wikipedia two minutes I, before they <laughs> came in the room. But, you uh, had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I took the opportunity. Who no, that's pretty much there? where I got to know Gary, too, because Gary... Yeah. Had done the warm up, and then we were all going out together. And Gary's just such a piece of shit. Thanks. <laughs> just like, all right, let's bring let's bring him along. Warming up, warming up the crowd with that scalp bit. Were you? Yeah. And it, oh yeah, they loved it. <laughs> I mean, it was so crazy to be having fans come up to you and just say, "Hey, the first ten minutes were the best of the show." Okay. You know what I mean? Because it went me, Ahmed. You know where this is going. 
<laughs> One of the best group of dramatic actors that I've ever worked with. Okay. Oh, okay. So wait, you warmed up with all the comics? Because it was all comics pretty much on that show, right? It was comics. It was my s- not you, right? You're not you're not a part of it. <laughs> oh, you're behind the camera. Right. It was Owen Benjamin, Roy Wood Jr., Ahmed Ahmed, myself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's all comics. Yeah. Uh, did you warm? Did every comic do a bit before the show? Not really. No. no we were rehearsing our. We were memorizing our lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't just improv. That was fuck you, Gary. Rehearsed. I thought it was like Saturday Night Live. No, it, it was know. a script. Yeah. Did and, you have- and somebody wrote it. <laughs> what <laughs> did you have to int- you have to introduce everybody yeah 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 like 10 that was people. your thing yeah, yeah he yeah. would introduce me as just give me shitty intros and here i am i'm star creator produce you know and then he's like I keep that low i'm i'm the last one in the curtain call sure. and he goes ladies and gentlemen he just graduated from the rob schneider academy of dramatic arts steve <laughs> Byrne. it's like yeah. gary just I mean, once. it was literally, you know, as, in terms of a warm-up gig, the best warm-up gig I've ever had because I literally would just shit on the show, <laughs> on the cast. I mean, any said, other this show is the I first, would never do. Right. The first drama that TBS has filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> yeah. And then people would be like, hey, when is this going to air? And I would like, never going to see the light of day. You know what I mean? It was just like, literally, hey, uh, this is the the Young and the Restless revisited. It's just like, it's so... And, and as a warm-up guy, like, you're never... You're always kind of like on the side of you know, them, you're on that team. Yeah, of and, course. But but it was funny because then the audience, then they would come up and try to say something to make fun of me and the audience would boo them because I had the audience on my side. So then they would be against them for just being shitty to me. Meanwhile, right. I'd been shitting on them for the last three hours. Now, Everything sudden, you want in a warm-up, Steve. Yeah. Everything you want in a warm-up yeah. of your show. Oh, yeah. It's weird. It's I've worked warm- all these years to get my own show, and the fucking warm-up guy is just going to shit He's all over He's literally it. just saying what all the executives are thinking. <laughs> 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 yeah, who was... I remember there was that time where somebody was, like, either sleeping in the audience or whatever, and I said, oh, that's uh, Robert Wright or whatever, <laughs> <the> president <laughs> of TBS. <laughs> so how many dates did you guys do at the whole show? Uh, each summer we did, I think, 25 cities. cities yeah. yeah. What was that on, like three years? We were on for three, three years. We were on, we were a summer show. So every summer we toured. And so it's kind of funny because I look, and I love these guys, but everybody's like, oh, the undateable guys, they have this show about a bar and they go do this comedy tour. Hey, you guys should go do it. We're like, no, we did it. We, <laughs> we were on the air before them and we had a show about a bar and right. four guys were in it and we did the tour. So, but, uh, I, I'm glad to see that, uh, Somebody's doing it su- successfully because <laughs> they're they're doing really well and their show keeps getting picked up and uh, you know look Delia I've known him for years at the store sure, couldn't be a nicer guy yeah yeah well, it's, it's crazy though on, it's also on network and that helps yeah being on network helps and then you know we were look we were a summer show in the middle of ad supported basic cable television and we never really you know the, I mean TBS did their fair share of trying to help to get the word out but ultimately it always kind of fell to our laps to to. To do what we could. So mm-hmm. all those existing relationships we had with radio stations, we just went and just said, hey, can we come and do the radio? And the show was almost secondary. Right. Because we we're trying to get the word out. Sure. The biggest piece of press that Sullivan and Son got was, I think Steve was quoted once in the street sheet. And then I think Ahmed was in the Trader Joe's newspaper. So it's like, well, it's just hard when you can't get press of, inter- you know. So. What's, don't, the, don't, what's don't, the street exactly, sheet? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hold on. I want to know. Homeless, just let the silence permeate the room where nothing, no laughs it's a came. I wanted to be outdated his scalp reference about the street. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was. <laughs> Unbelievable. My question is, how do you, how do you, uh, who went on the road? You, Owen, Ahmed, and uh, Roy. Roy? And, and, and Gary. And, well, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, whoa, whoa. All of a sudden. You've been on the show before. I want to know, how, how do you manage all those egos on the road? And there's really only two in there, and we know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, Funny. everybody kind of got along, I got to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it really was a great tour. We had a blast. We Look, we're four guys that knew we could be, you know, be doing this, you know, yeah. the whole year. But we get to go to the Warner lot. We get to do a show. Let's enjoy every second of mm -hmm. this because we're we're promoting a television show. We're all on, so we had a blast. And I'd say the first two years, especially, we fucking hit we, it hard. We we partied pretty oh, really? pretty hard. And then the third year, we're like, all right, let's you know, we're a little tired. Let's just you <laughs> know, every older. every other day, right. you know. You but got, it was it was that, a blast. You got four strong headliners on there. What do you guys do? Twenty each. Yeah, twenty each. But I got to tell you, wait, who are the four? Fuck you, Gary. <laughs> I will say this. Well, there's Gary. Roy Wood, in my opinion, of all of us, yeah. was the best comic on the tour. Oh, and really? I, I still think that. And I thought that the first time I saw Roy, I thought Roy is a guy that never got an hour special. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever gave, he never got a half hour. He didn't get the Comedy Central Presents. He presented so many times. He was like Morgan Freeman and Shawshank. And I just saw this guy one night at the improv, this before Sullivan's son. I go, that dude's fucking hilarious. And what a great voice. He should be doing cartoons right. and Pixar movies. And then I wrote this thing and I go, I got to get that guy in because he's so goddamn funny. I called him. I didn't even know him. I'm like, Roy, I'm going to write this thing. You don't know me. We met casually, but I'd love for you to take a look at it. He's like, yeah, okay. You're writing a pilot in Los Angeles, of sure. course. Like six months later, he's there reading for it. And... Now he's doing The Daily Show, and I, I hope to God it's... I'm so glad America finally gets to see the talent that I saw right. and all the other comics have seen over the years saying, why don't you... Because he doesn't wear skinny jeans and have facial hair and have on harmless plastic glasses, and, you know, he's not... He, but how great is that? It's a big F you to Comedy Central because they didn't want to give him a special. Now he's getting more exposure every day. Exactly, from the Daily yeah. Show, so he doesn't give a shit about and the special. It, it, he's, he's been written, around for a while. Yeah, and he's written oh, yeah. so much material that when somebody gives him that hour... I mean, it's going to be lights out. He's he's a fucking killer. Yeah. So That's when you were when you were doing Sullivan and Son, when you were trying to figure out the people that you were going to, because obviously the four guys for Sullivan and Son looks like an episode of Comics Unleashed, right? You have a black guy, <laughs> Indian, female. I mean, it really is just every generic stereotype that you can think of. Or you my know, friends. Yeah. Here comes the cowboy in the cowboy hat. Here comes the you know the Eskimo with a fucking spear, all yeah. sitting around the bar. Well, if you uh, wrote one, it would just be four unemployed comics that all do warm up hanging out at an OTB, waiting for somebody else to get a show. Yeah. So you guys can warm it up. By the way, you're getting your you're getting your racist racism confused there. Oh, an, I am. An Eskimo with a spear. Oh, an oh, Eskimo no, no, no. with a harpoon. There you go. There, there we go. go. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Steve's just jealous because I still get to pull onto the Warner Brothers lot every day. I'm not jealous. And I at get all. to I get to <laughs> wave to Steve as he drives by Pass Avenue, hoping somebody called him a drive on. Fuck you. Go ahead, Murray. <laughs> so you guys are hitting yeah. the road together after this, right? Jesus yes, Christ. it's called the No Ticket Required Tour. Okay. Show up, just... bring 80 friends, large groups welcome Yeah. at the last minute. <laughs> Steve, would you like to plug your Chicago special that you've been Shut plugging on our show the last few weeks? The last nobody's... few weeks. It was just announced one week ago, Gary. <laughs> Good so God. So Steve's doing his new uh, recording. Obviously, listen, I mean, these last DVDs have been really killing it, obviously, because yeah. he's still here doing a podcast with me. But he's doing a brand new special in Chicago, February the 6th. You can order tickets in advance or show up at the theater the day of, look through any trash can and find a bulk of 12. So uh, it's your call if you want to buy them in advance. That's just stupid. Did this last show. I, Murray I, I, I got the last five minutes of it. Yeah. I've already heard <laughs> yeah. where, are you, where are you taping it at? 
uh, Lincoln Hall as, as I put my shoulder shop. as I put my shoulder coffee by Gary. Shop. Go fuck yourself, Gary. <laughs> this is why I stopped at one kid because I don't want a fucking referee. Two right. kids fighting and bickering all the time. Take it down. Take it down. Put the harpoon down. Well, it's just down. one kid. It's true. Yapping the whole time, and another kid going. I'm gonna headline this weekend. I <laughs> and this kid, I, I, and this I have kid material for that. Supports his father. This is one of those unique. Yeah, I remember the good old days, Murray, when we used to no, tour the road with Sullivan and Son. Steve would be like, "Let me pick up this check. I got it. I got it. I got it." All of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, let's just split the appetizer. I'll pick up half of the chicken fingers." Never happened. All of a sudden, these <laughs> little paid. these little benefits start going away. I'll be like, "Hey, I'll grab the coffees. I'll grab the dinners and stuff like that." And it's like Steve never fights me anymore. He's just mm-hmm. like you know. All of a sudden, I'm paying for our hotel rooms on the road, both of ours. You know, it's just, it's the craziest you thing know, ever. That, that, brings, oh that brings a serious question. Though. I'm the only as feature a career that stays at a hotel and Steve has the condo. As That's a, they know my value. As a career feature. Yeah. A guy who'll never headline. <laughs> a career feature. <laughs> and, make, and make more money than the headliner. <laughs> do you Gary, get, do you Gary doesn't have... feel comfortable featuring. He has to go to a club being asked, what announcements would you like me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Whose birthday is yeah. it? <laughs> Can I just open with showing you where the fire exits are? That would be, <laughs> that would be my first five minutes is fire exits. <laughs> then we go over the stop, drop, and roll. Now, do you find that uh, that headliners will take care of you as the feature on the road? Yeah, most Son, of them. Steve. Most, right of, most of them will. I, I think that they do. You, know you what are I mean? the worst, dude. You are such a fucking <laughs> piece of shit lying. You are. Oh, what am look I at you right now. You can't even. You can't even look at me without smiling. I'm looking right you at you. You are the fucking worst. Aaron, it's cannon. like I'm sitting in a more violent oh walking the room. Like what am I saying that's not true? <laughs> oh, what am I saying that's not please. true? You've never bought a meal. I'll tell you this. <laughs> we finished the tour. Three three summers we tour Sullivan sure. and Son. We go to this great dinner. It's the end of the tour. Little did we know it's Hawaii. the end of the tour. We're in Hawaii. We go to Cold Stone ice cream place. Yeah, my wife Cold and Stone. Gary. Gary's like, you know what? I got the ice cream. Thank you, Gary, very much. I go to bed. I wake up the next morning. The Cold Stone receipt is slipped under my door, and he circles behind my wife charges. Yeah. And he says, you owe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, here's Steve. He, he, whenever we're at the 99 cent store, Steve's quick to whip We've out never been to the 99 cent store. The Dollar Tree. Whenever we're at one of those stores, <laughs> I don't. Steve I don't need quick. to go back where you went school shopping yeah. for clothes. I'll, uh, I'll pick. I'll pick up the whoopee cushions today. <laughs> and then whenever we're at somewhere decent, no, no, no. Steve has all of a sudden his wallet's lost. You know, Mister Shorthands Deep Pockets over there. Yeah, never mm-hmm. get anything. I love. I, I miss. Working with those guys that, you know, sell tickets. Right. How did, I just, I know this is a fucking loaded question right now, but how'd you guys meet? Uh, I was a performer on the Late Late Show with uh, Craig Kilborn at the time. And you were, again, uh, the audience warm up. So it's so funny because back then I was doing just a set. Right. Then I went on and had a show and I'm developing moved, two others. But, you but you're still doing the same shit. So I mean, obviously cool. those TV spots and the, the show that you yeah. created, I mean, they're all exploding. Yeah, I mean, look at—we're both sitting here in a fucking dark room with this guy. Yeah, well, I <laughs> don't drag me into your fucking shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my home with a pool, but you rent and you—you you have a Donkey Kong machine in your right. living room, right? Right, right, right. Seven hundred yeah. square feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I live, so I live yeah, right we're by the, the same. Ocean. We're the same. <laughs> Why don't you tell your little daughter what repossession means? Go ahead. He's been doing this joke for three weeks. Murray hasn't heard it. Nothing. Murray hasn't heard nothing. It. Even Aaron's like he's been doing. <laughs> Aaron even knows. So honestly, tell him the story how we met. This is a, it's a great story. I met him. He did the late, the late, late show uh-huh. warm up, and then I just see him at the improv, and he'd always be emceeing shows, never doing an actual set. 
Coles, you know, all that same shit. Uh, and when I got Sullivan and Son, I was like, I know a guy I think that would be great for warm up. And I called Cannon, and he actually had never done a sitcom before. Um, and I still just kept pushing for him because I was like, you, it, it's a huge element when you're filming in front of a live studio. Right, sure. You need them amped. And I think so, so many shows you go to tapings, it's almost like casual. They don't even think about it or, or just throw Jimmy up for five minutes and he'll do stand up. Right. And it's just like, no, you need somebody to amp them up because you know, a taping could be three hours, it could be four or five mm -hmm. hours. And you need somebody to sustain the energy in the room. And Gary, Gary's good at that. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's funny. I will say this because I got a call from the producer of Sullivan and Son at the time. He was doing the pilot and he said, hey, Steve really wants you to do warm up on his show. And the truth was, I really didn't know you all that well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd seen you on different PBS Headline. telethons. Um, but this was like the first time I, you know, actually, you know, I was trying to get your cell phone number from the guy. He said, Steve doesn't have a cell phone. Um, I said, why? Because he doesn't want one. And guys like, he can't afford it. Um, so we're doing Nothing. this. I'm not trying to no. get anything. It's all a joke. You're me, dude, you just deliver that joke and you looked at both of us like, right? No. Keep going. So he calls me and he says, hey, do you want to do this show that Steve's doing? I at the time thought it was just a Comedy Central show, like right. a, a one-off, you know, just whatever that was. And I was supposed to be in New York at the time. And I don't know if you remember this. The date actually of that pilot changed. It was supposed to be like first weekend of November in yeah. 2011. And then it went to the second weekend in November. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I, I had a ton of warm-up experience, but no sitcom experience. Mm -hmm. And every warm-up will tell you the hardest gig to get is a sitcom. It really is because you got to make that leap of really filling three, four, five hours, depending on how long these things take. And just jumping in every single second when they're rewriting or doing something different. Um, so I really, I truthfully just didn't have sitcom experience. So Kent, the guy that wanted to bring me on, was very skeptical about it and – I think he kind of knew I didn't have experience, but I was just trying to lead on that I did. So Steve kept pushing it. He's like, don't worry. We're going to get you in. We're going to get you in. And basically what I did was for the pilot, when we filmed the pilot on this Sunday afternoon, I went out just because I didn't know how I was going to go. I went out and just with my own money, just bought a bunch of gift cards because I thought right. even if the audience is just subpar, I'm going to goose them with free shit. Yeah. So it turned out we taped two shows that day, the rehearsal at three, the real show at five. And it's crazy to look back on that time because pilots usually take a long time to film just because everybody's new. There's no connection yet. It's a little off. Most pilots take four or five, six hours to film. I'll never forget this. We started that show at six. We were out by nine o'clock. So the audience sustained the whole time. Right. They were great. The, the gift cards really didn't even come into play because the audience was so good. Sure. And then the show got picked up. And we did another nine episodes, did another two seasons after that. And it really, as much as I bust Steve's balls, I mean, that show led to so many other sitcoms and other great things that as much as I hate to give Steve credit for <laughs> this, <laughs> great, you, dude. <laughs> this great gift that I've had over the years by doing these sitcoms. And, you know, I'm now working on this Dr. Ken show oh, right. uh, for ABC. I which, was just hanging out with Susie Nakamura the other oh, day. Oh, yeah, she's great. I love her. Yeah, yeah, a real actor, which is kind of a nice change from uh, – anyway. And then um, it was great because Nothing. Ken knew me from Sullivan and Son. He was on mm -hmm. – uh, Sullivan and Son did a couple guest appearances. So when he got his show, he immediately called me and said, hey, we really – need you for our show. And it's just great. I mean, it's just, yeah, I've been able to bounce around and build up this nice resume of other sitcoms that would have been so hard to do had I not done Sullivan and Son. So oh, you're getting the light on this story, buddy. How did you meet? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now you were probably fortunate enough to, to get fans over the, 
years of doing the show, right? I'm not looking uh, at singular, Gary. singular. Yes, over, yeah. over the show. So you get more. So you get more people there coming to because I did warm up, dude, and I did warm yeah. up for like MTV and VH1 when nobody wanted to be there and they had to sure. buy their audience and it was fucking oh, a nightmare. God. Yeah. But if they're coming to see Sullivan and Son, they're already pretty jazzed and amped, <laughs> right? You don't have to Fuck worry about you, Gary. You don't have to worry about. Aaron, you knew our, I was coming in here. Why did you not warn me? You knew we, this thing has been set up for a week. I'm talking to Aaron, the producer, who's just shaking his head over there. Oh, I drove man. across town, Aaron. You know that, right? I drove across town. For pretty this. jazzed. Right. You fucking killed me. <laughs> These are the same audience members that as they're up, heading up into the audience, they're buttoning their pants. These are guys with face tattoos. Pretty jazzed. <laughs> this is the most acting I've seen in Gary since I've met him. I'm sure I met that audition, maybe I'll get somewhere. I'm sure I met that same crappy audience that were at your MTV shows. Okay. These guys were here for the free sandwich and a Snickers bar, my friend. Okay. Right, they weren't pretty jazzed. I'm just to talk to Steve. <laughs> yeah. For a few minutes. Here's the thirteen dollars. We're Steve? heading to Arco to get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get started, Steve? Uh, New York City. Doing what? Oh, really? What year? <laughs> Ninety-seven. Okay. <laughs> I moved to. I did, I studied at Kent State. Uh-huh. Went to New York. My parents were living there at the time. I Are said, you an Ohio kid? No, Pittsburgh. Mm. Grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm. Went to school in Ohio. My grades sucked, so I had to go out of state. Right. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I. I my second time on stage, I ended up working at Caroline's Comedy Club, just sweeping floors and uh-huh. answering the phones. I'd never been to a stand-up club, never wanted to do stand-up. And then I worked in the club, and I thought that looks like fun. So like three months later, I tried up at Stand Up New York. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, went to New York Comedy Club, like a week later, and this guy, Roger Paul, was in the audience. And you, yeah, he's, you know, he's booking agent, he's yeah. booking B and C rooms, and he goes, here's my card, call me, we'll be in touch you got to meet with me. When can we meet? I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll meet you tomorrow. I go over there. He's like, how long have you been doing? I'm like, that was my second time. He's like, are you kidding me? And he put me on the road right away. Oh, nice. So I, I started working kind of like, what kind of, what does Roger Paul book these days or those days, I guess. Uh, look, a lot of like one nighters, a lot of bars, East coast. And then I was going into the, you know, emceeing it like comedy zones. Mm -hmm. I would literally rent a car in New York city and drive down to like, Oh God! Like, like Nashville or something to MC right. at the, you know, whatever club they have there, uh, Zanies, and then drive all the way back the eighteen hours or whatever it was. Right. That was yeah. just brutal all those early years. But I just I would do anything to get stage time. Well, that's good. The good thing about New York is uh, where are you from? I forget. Michigan. Michigan. That's right. The good thing about New York is you can just hop a bus or a train and get out to some yeah. crazy shitty shows in Connecticut, right? Yeah, exactly. Or- and then eventually, I I spent like a year on the road. And then I went to the comedy cellar and auditioned mm-hmm. and then she passed me and then all the clubs just fell like dominoes. And right. then I was a New York guy for like six years, seven years, just at the cellar literally every single night of my mm-hmm. life. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve, it didn't matter. And I was doing five, six shows a night. It was the best. What, what, how many, how many does she have now in her, on her roster? Do you think? Well, you mean over at the cellar? Comics per night? Well, just on her roster. Like she keeps a very tight... Yeah, I mean, look, it's like it's like I've never I never even tried to get into a cellar because I don't spend that much time in New York anyway. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be thirty or forty people. But you know, again, it's like there's some guys that are in town, then they're out of town, mm-hmm. and she keeps. You're right. She, I mean, she does keep a tight crew. 
but I was always on after midnight. So it was always, it was literally for like years, it was Godfrey, Lampanelli, me, Artie Fuqua. Mm-hmm. Always closing out from like one to two. Right. Gary, you know Gary Goldman, obviously. Oh yeah, great yeah. guy. Gary says he goes on the road just to have jokes for the comedy cellar. Well, it's, I mean, the cellar is one of those places where, you know, I've, there's no other club like it where, you know, it, and it's so intimate and mm-hmm. the audience is literally, they could touch you. So you're just thrown into this gladiator pit where you've just got to do it. <laughs> you got to come through or you're not coming back. Literally, right. she's not going to book you, period. So you got to, you got to bring it because you do want to be a part of that. I mean, yeah. there's a reason Seinfeld, Louis, Rock, Chappelle, Robin, when he was alive, Romano, all those guys come through there every single time that they're in town or they're warming up for Letterman. They're always there, and there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite place to perform? Uh, the cellar. You can jump in on this too, Gary. If well, you're, if you're I, nice. I know. I know. Let me guess. I know Warner Brothers lot. No, I know where Steve's <laughs> is because we've talked about this. What? Wherever there's people. <laughs> Awful. Uh, you know what? I don't think that's his dig. I think that says something that's, about uh, Steve's work ethic. Yeah. I think that proves why he's a headliner and has his own show. Of course. Where, where are you working this weekend? I'm in town. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be at the Hollywood Improv headline. <laughs> I don't know. Feel free to come by and do a guest set. I'm sure somebody will be wearing a show, shirt from Kohl's there. No, no, no. You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to fall for that trick because then I do the guest sets. He's like, hey, can you grab a seat in the audience so it'll look more packed? Please. I'm like, fuck, no. <laughs> Gary, um, Gary can't do a set unless he comes in and goes, hey, what's this shitty, what's this shitty area in town? Okay, good. <laughs> Steve can't perform unless he gets a call that day from his booking agent. You do that shitty joke. I got a call, two sold out shows in Vegas. No, don't do it now. Never happening. Do this isn't your show. This is his show. I know. Guest. I know. Let him moderate and Let be the host moderate, of his show. Gary. Sorry. Jesus. You look what, good today. What? Yeah, I said you look good today. I, I, I showered for uh, this. I showered for this job. For this I, job. Like, I like, I uh, like, what's your what's your favorite club to perform at? I love the clubs in Arizona. Those are great. I don't Stand go to Arizona live. very often. I like Chicago Improv a lot. I'm pointing at you. You do? Schaumburg? Yeah, yeah. I like Chicago Improv a lot. I like the Schaumburg room, but it, it just, when you're working in Chicago, it's like, I want to be in Chicago. 30 minutes away. I, know, I, I, I say there. it all the time. I never get to see Chicago. So next time I'm going, I'm going in a day early because I never get to see. Yeah, you want to see the city. You want to hang out in the city. That's like the great thing about You want to like, hang out in the mall? P.F. Chang's? <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on, man. How do you it's like Chicago? Mall. Great Chinese food. Yeah, P.F. Chang's. Mall. Like the D.C. Improv is one of my favorite clubs yeah. in the country because it's like, again, compact, small, s- low ceiling. The laughs are enormous in there. But then- you're four blocks away from the White House and right. the mall, and you could walk around and see all the different museums. It's great. It's so fun being there because, again, these days, everything, it's just like P.F. Chang's, suburbs. you know. Yeah, it's suburb. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, yard house. It's like, I don't want to go to the yard house after my show. I want to <laughs> find a hole-in-the-wall bar where it's kind of cool and you right. can eat some good food yeah. and not eat chain restaurants all the time. So the yard house, uh, P.F. Chang's, and Old Navy. Are, are all, Always, all yeah. within a stone's throw of an improv. <laughs> Thank God for Barnes and Nobles, because if they didn't exist, I didn't know what I'd do in between shows. Right. I have to, Old Navy saved my ass because I locked my clothes in my car really? one time, so I had to go on stage not looking this nice. Well, <laughs> until I got, and I'm in a ratty shorts and a shirt, and I had to call the, uh, oh, this is funny, I had to call the tow truck guy to unlock my door, so I had to go up. This is a long time ago. I, yeah, I was opening the show, so this is a long time ago. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, you know, I locked my cup. But I called, but I called the AAA guy. So the guy came between during the middle act. So 
He got. I unlocked the door. He unlocked the door. I got changed. I came back up dressed and very nicely, <laughs> as everybody as the middle act was leaving, and everybody cheered for me because they saw that I had gotten my clothes on. And he thought he was fuck. He just fucking oh, killed that's it. so funny. So he got like two steps off the stage, and he's like, oh. Thank you. I threw his arms up right. in the air, but everybody's cheering for me. That's hilarious. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Cannon. I will ah, say I will say this about that Steve. Was Gary and, and Cannon. This is this is a funny story. Every city we go to, Steve and I, for their three, four nights, we'll pick a night, maybe, to go out and tie one on. Usually. We'll right. try to figure it out. But as we go into the city on maybe that Thursday, Steve will say, like, you know what? I'm out this weekend. I'm just I'm laying low, you know, trying to be good, this, that, and the other thing. We were in Atlanta <laughs> about three weeks ago. And I got there on Friday and and I meet Steve and he's like, we're heading to the show. And he's like, I think after the shows tonight, I may just go back to the hotel and work out, get a late night workout. Not only do we not get a late night workout, we get Steve gets shit canned. Well, to the point where, you know, I walk into this bar, this guy recognizes me. He's the bartender and he's running the joint. Next thing I know, I'm behind the bar, parring shots, doing shots. Everybody's doing shots. Shots just keep coming. And I'm like, I'm starting to get fucked up here. And then all of a sudden, ju- something just, I, I disappear. It's not me anymore. I, I'm not, I don't remember the back half of the night. And yeah. you do. Well, we literally went in, we were working the Atlanta Improv and we leave and we're trying to find a bar just to go have a drink at a quiet little bar. And every bar is all college kids, 21, 22. Right. We go into this one bar, you can't even get through it. We look like the two creepy dads there to pick up our son. Well, <laughs> one. One does. <laughs> so we finally find this bar. It's getting late in the night. It's probably like one o'clock. The bar's closed at like 2, 2.15. This guy, the bartender, recognizes you. And so he's- We're drinking a four. Yeah. I mean, we're, right, right. We're, we end up drinking till three thirty, four o'clock. I mean, they stay open. We're secretly drinking as they're sweeping up. And then we go to this food truck right out front of the bar. And Steve literally- knocks my glasses off of my head and they fly into the food truck. He doesn't remember this. He knocks my glasses off. Why did he knock your glasses off? He probably deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) So we each get a burger and a hot dog to take home. Steve leaves his in the in the truck. I I bring mine back up. I'm pretty. I'm not even that drunk. I'm. Pretty but you know, sober. like every abused housewife, at some point shoots their husband. Right. Yeah. Stop beating me. <laughs> right. Like that's what happened. Right. This I'm is thinking, the burning. This is your burning bed moment. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. If I didn't deserve it, then it was probably from something that happened over the last month. So I'm like, well, I can't yeah. get mad. So then I go to sleep. I have friends in Atlanta. I go see them the next day on Saturday. Everything's great. I don't hear from Steve at all. Saturday, because he's like, let's go see a movie. Let's go blah, 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 and nothing. So then what happens? I see you that night at the show. He, you look like a zombie. I mean, I right. I woke up at like, later in the day, I was like, there's no way I can even do this show. I feel so awful. I mm-hmm. thought I was going to have to cancel Saturday. I felt so sick. And then I get there and I tell Gary, I'm like, I was so fucked up last night. This has never happened to me in all the years I've done stand-up. <laughs> I woke up at 6.30 in the morning. I wake up I holy shit, and I'm bombed, and I'm feeling awful, and my breath stinks, but I'm just like, it's 6.30. I get all my shit and throw it in the suitcase. I run downstairs, I jump in a cab and go, you gotta get me to the airport now. My flight's at 7.15. He's driving to the airport. Ah. I look at my phone, I'm like, it's 6.30, I can't make a, it's 45 minutes, I'm not gonna make the flight, there's no fucking way, why am I even going? And then I look and I'm like, it's Saturday. I'm so fucked up. I thought it was Sunday, and I just was going to the air. I've never been that bombed in my life. (laughs) But I was asking you this before. When you're driving back from the airport, are you- Relieved. 
Like, right, thank you can God. Now go back to sleep. And like, thank God I can just go and pass out. Yeah, yeah. But the good news was you didn't check out of the room or anything. Did? Could you imagine if you checked oh, out? No, I never check out. I always just leave. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Who the club's paying anymore. for it? So fuck. Right. And you don't have to check out anyway. You just leave the key. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you were just so hammered. And how great was that feeling going back into the room? Just zonking out. Oh, yeah. Must be the greatest. But then throwing up the whole day. Just yeah. awful. I've awful. never gotten so drunk that I've almost had to cancel from a hangover. I've done a hungover. That's the worst. Yeah. When you're I did it that night. over the next night. Yeah. That that was the case that day. I mean, I was dragging the first show. And you even said the first 10 minutes. I oh, looked. just, yeah. Well, you told the crowd, too. You said, you know, I warned hey. them. I was like, hey. And then 10 minutes in, you know, I'm on autopilot. And then it right. just, you, the gears kick in. You're like, oh, okay, here we go. Here's yeah. the show. Yeah, you've done these jokes a million times. We can do Fuck it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you hour, dickhead. You have a daughter? A daughter, three and a half. I got a boy due okay. literally any moment now, oh, so really? I have my phone by me because my wife is today is the uh, is the due date. Actually. Oh, today's oh. actual due date. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank well, you very much. Probably have it by the next time I see you. Has that slowed you down on the road at all, having kids? No, it's kind of like the Hurt Locker, <laughs> where you know there's a guy that goes to war, comes back home with the family, and then like like two weeks into hanging with the family, he's like. Fuck this shit. I'm going back to war. Uh, so. I have to go back or I beat you. That's yeah. Like, I think. I don't remember the Hurt Locker. I don't remember if that's <laughs> Something about spousal abuse, I think. No, no, no. He never hit her or anything. No? He was just like, no. He was just like, it's like every guy that that's like, I'm going to retire from the game. Mm -hmm. I'm spending time with my family. And then like three months later, it's like, I'm back, baby. I'm signing with the team. Fuck the family. Right. But I love my family. I love it. I love spending time with them. They come on the road with me sometimes. But for the most part, it's I'm so driven towards towards the mentality of having a, a body of work and sure. not just one special. I, I My goal was always to have six or seven by the time I was all done. So, mm -hmm. Does it slow you down drinking, though, on the road? I, I've definitely done it a lot less as yeah. I've gotten older. I'm sure you have as well, where, you know, with kids, you just Can don't. You just call me old. I you think did? he did. You just called me. Well, old. I'm 41. How old are you now? 43. 40, yeah, I mean, five, you know. Mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> 40, 4012. 4012. I'm not 52. No, we were when we were younger, we, we, oh, know, yeah. we drank you. You're at Charlie Goodnight. You're like, this boy's the fucking best. And then right. you heal up like Wolverine. You're ready to drink the next day at like <laughs> noon. But nowadays, it's like, fuck. I just, I, I just remember, I don't remember what city we were in. It was either like Charlotte or... Maybe one of the nights it was in Cleveland or something like that, where we we tied one on like every single night. Maybe it was in Cleveland. Cleveland, like, Crawford, yeah. Crawford tied one on every night, and finally it's like Saturday, and we're like enough of this shit already. And then all all it just starts off with just one, just it's, one. It's yeah, always it's, just it's one. always just that one. And then four. Yeah, th there was that one. I think it was in Charlotte, maybe where we went. We got back to the hotel. That smoke alarms going off. We got to get to oh, bed because it's like. It, you know, we we have a flight in two hours, and it's just like too old for this shit. Yeah. Oh, that's going off in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, the whole yeah. We, we got back to the hotel at like three in the morning. The, the whole entire hotel, hotel was evacuated. Oh, yeah, oh. everybody was out. In and the it's lobby. just like we're bombed. You just want to get three hours of sleep before yeah. the yeah. and you know then you're like oh we're fucked. It's like the the alarms like. Ugh. Last time I was in Vegas, I forgot about this. It was with Michael Palasek, and the alarm went off during my set. But it would go on, and it would stop for an undetermined amount of maybe thirty seconds, yeah, maybe four minutes, <laughs> maybe seven minutes, and then you can you know, and then you know it's Vegas improv, so everything is so right. Opener does five, middle does oh that club, you, you, yeah. you have to stay at your time, and he's letting like I'm on there for like twenty five, and it just he's like. 
I'm like, I'm supposed to get out of here. He's like, no, nah, keep going. <laughs> I'm telling him I'm supposed to get. He's like, keep going, keep going, because they had to fucking eat it for the uh, uh, headliner, so he wouldn't have the problems with the. Really? So, so the headliner kept... ended up doing like I don't know, 15 minutes. <laughs> I ended up doing like 35 to. So the other day I was at. <laughs> and then my wife said, and all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait until it goes off again. Well, it's whenever it some a distraction always happens like that, like the the alarm will go off or somebody knocks over a glass. It's always like you're on stage, knock knock, who's there? Jimmy, Jimmy who? Jimmy, ah, what the fuck yeah. now? Like my my pet peeve is when you're in the middle of doing a joke and then the waitress comes up and gives you a shot from someone in the audience. Right. Right just before the punch. They they never do it at the setup. They never do it when you're in transition. They just always yeah. know to bring it. I've never had a waitress bring it. It's like perfect timing. Thank you. It's never they don't know. They don't wait. Yeah. They just always do it then. It, it oh it drives me crazy. When, when when you got hammered that Friday night in Atlanta, the next day your friends were there. And they were sending you shots to the I wouldn't stage. Wouldn't do it, yeah. And I'm literally in the back, and I don't know if Steve could see me. And I'm oh, like, I, I saw you. I was saying, it, "Fuck you!" Yeah, <laughs> he was egging the whole audience and on. I'm to, chanting, and he knows I'm sick. Pussy. Yeah, yeah. The good news about that extra time that you did in Vegas, I'm sure that they took care of you and covered you for doing more time. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Vegas. Yeah, they're all about yeah, no, they're they all about cultivating. They made yeah. it worse. They made it worth my while. They really took care of you at the at the employee commissary. Commissary, employee commissary. You got more corn cheese. <laughs> so awful. I did. I at a local club. I I did a deal. Um, I don't think I've, I probably told this story, but this happened last year. I probably told this before. I did an alcohol deal where I got a percentage of the alcohol sold. Oh, nice. Um, it was did great. It and there were like two huge birthday parties. Oh, that's great. And it was great, except like one was like an AA birthday party. <laughs> so like, but and I checked in with the while the opener was on. I like checked in. I'm like, so how's it? Like, ah, they're not really drinking. They're not really drinking. So I pulled a Dean Martin. And so I'm like, you look, bring it on stage with you. Like, I'm going to order shots on stage. Yeah. And the first one, bring me absolute. I'm fine with that. But after that, water. Water yeah. in a shot. But what if somebody wants to buy you a drink? Water. But what, <laughs> yeah. Just water. And so that's what I did. I drank the first one. I'm like, happy bird. Let's get this thing going. Everybody's like, woo, shots around, shots around. And I was banging water all night. And it worked out. <laughs> well, you know, Bert Kreischer did mm -hmm. that for years. He didn't drink? Well, he, Oh, excuse me. He <laughs> drinks, but, yeah, well, I but that, that was the the re, a, a huge reason why clubs would book him is because look, he's a great storyteller, he's energetic, but sure. they they'd want him in there because he got the party going. Yeah, and he would start drinking. He'd buy people shots. He'd do shots, and then all of a sudden the bar tabs were just going through the roof. They're like, you got to get Bird in there. He slowed it down a little bit, right. but even now he's still. Oh, yeah. There, he's there for the alcohol sales. Yeah, Bert's great. I love Bert. I remember I was doing a New Year's Eve show at some club, and they said, hey, when you go up on stage before midnight at like 1145, make sure that you tell them if they want to do the champagne toast, it's five, $5 for the glass <laughs> oh, of champagne. What? So make sure that you – and I literally go up on stage and mention this, and people are fucking booing. Yeah. It's like you can't include a shitty glass of champagne – with this, and I mean, it was just kind of, it was bizarre, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was, that I was is surprised. bizarre. I've never seen them charge extra, yeah, unless it's charged up front, you know, so they don't course. really know. Well, we work in rooms. Oh, clubs, but, yeah. actual clubs. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. This is the DC improv. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> this is the DC. Although maybe I'm I'm in theater, so they're not used to, right. you know, the, yeah. the sales of that. Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what time you got to get out of here? Um, I got time. I, got I thought we had a time. Um, yeah, like fifteen twenty. We have fifteen twenty. I got to move my car too. So, no, we're not ending right now. Although it's really cool in here. Yeah, but I am sweating like nobody's business. Well, it's like a hundred degrees outside. It's the yeah, worst. but it's cool in here. Very nice in here. Yeah, it's very nice. I've got like major back sweat going Mur- on. Murray sweating like Steve at the end of the week, hoping he gets a bonus. Fucking a right, ooh. Yeah, it's my Dennis that, yeah, Miller. That's, but... about the, that's about the time. <laughs> Jesus that's, Christ, Gary. Got to go move my car. That's yeah. about the time. If only that oh, smoke man. alarm was going off. <laughs> wow. Did you get started in Michigan, or are you know Michigan? No, no, no. I didn't get started in Michigan. Who else I is from Michigan. Uh, Ron Little, John Heffron from Michigan. John Heffron. Who? Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Heffron's um, a great guy. Heffron's awesome, yeah. John Heffron used to do, he took over for uh, a morning radio show that had a huge following when I was there as a kid. He took over for uh, Dick Burton, mm-hmm. and then he was on 95.5, and then he moved out to L.A. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of guys. Rob Little's from Michigan, uh, a few other people. Uh, Michael Costa. Oh, really? Costa's from, from Michigan. I love Costa. Yeah, he's really funny. It's so fun, so funny that you'll you'll love this story. I was doing warm up for Michael. He has a show called The Comment Section that he did a six episode run of. And when KP Michael Anderson runs it, KP Anderson yeah, runs yeah. it. Wait, KP's from Michigan, is he? Is he? I'm no, sure. Minnesota. So when but before Michael moved out here, I'd met Michael before at a club in Michigan, and Michael was coming out to move to LA. And he wrote me and he said, "Hey, I would love to get coffee with you to pick your brain about you know what the deal is out in Michigan." So we got together years and years ago. So when I finally did warm up on Michael's show, Michael comes out and tells the story of how we met. He's like, "I just want to let you guys know before I moved to LA, Gary sat me down and told me how to you know really get involved here in Los Angeles and blah 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 blah." And like, so here I am now, thanks to Gary. And I was like. And I'm doing warm up. <laughs> like I, I probably shouldn't have given him that advice because <laughs> now he's doing better than me. Ah, physician, heal thyself. Yes, right. So, but Michael's a, a funny guy. Yeah, he is. Sorry, I just got a text. Sure, Carmen Lynch. You know Carmen? She's a New York yeah. girl. Yeah. Okay. Do you know Liz Mealy? Why do I know that name? She's from New York. Do you know Liz? Liz Mealy. I had her on the show. I think you did. Maybe. I just know she's a big New York comic. Always does a lot of shows. Oh, wait, she's with, like, Maria Shihada, right? I Liz, I think, I, like, her and Carmen and all three hang out. Maybe that's why. I yeah, like, Ra- Rachel was part of that group. Rachel, Rachel Feinstein. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Gary knows everybody. I know a lot of people. Just from Conan, people come in. And- <laughs> well, he's always asking to open for him on the road. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> we dates, do, I mean, dates, listen. Dates, please. Listen, do you have any dates? Open? I remember I remember. I did a cruise once with Ralphie May, and it was uh, for the Cowhead cruise. It was the... Uh, um, Cowhead is a radio personality out of Tampa. He does his oh, big right. cruise once a year. Oh, he just and, died, didn't he? No. No? I'm I was like, else. Ralphie or Cowhead? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Horsehead, a DJ out of Austin. Sorry. Oh, okay. Horsehead. <laughs> so DJ Ralphie names. got really sick on the cruise, really sick. And, you know, they brought him down to the infirmary in, in the, the, the cruise ship. And he's just really bad. And this was in like November. And I, I remember he's just like, dare really I say, shitty. was it something he ate? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> or was he seasick? He was, I think seasick. So seasick. I said to him, he's like, literally not feeling good. And I said, hey, would this be a bad time to go over dates for next year? It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> but yeah, we, I mean, literally. Do you ever, ever do a juggalo conference with him? You know, I, he's big with the juggalos. No, clown you know posse. the insane clown posse. You know, no, familiar with the insane clown posse. Really, no. Oh, okay, he's like he's big. He does the Juggalo conventions. Ralphie does. Yeah, yeah. I did not yeah, know. Him and Lana. Really? Yeah. Got to get on that gig next year. I guess so. 
<laughs> I will say this. Steve and I do bus balls, but we do have a great time on the road. It, it really is a fun dynamic. I mean, I know when I go on a gig with Steve that I'm going to lose money, but I'm like, fuck it. You know what I mean? It's just the experience. <laughs> of you like, shut the fuck up? It's the only gig I know <laughs> that I come back it's with just, less money. And I will say up. this about Steve. The only guy, the only guy, you already that, know this one. <laughs> the only guy that brings his merch to shows in a laundry room garment bag from the hotel, literally. I mean, you know, Gabriel Iglesias isn't doing that. He's got a, a fucking laundry bag. And the only guy I know that goes to a show and leaves with more merch than he started with. <laughs> People will find him. They will drive from a city to return his bullshit merch. So if he brings 10 CDs, he's leaving with 15. Okay. Nobody wants that junk. <laughs> Chicago, February the 6th. Oh, God. Starbucks <laughs> on North and Wells. Uh, Stop on right. off. Yeah. That is where he's filming it. All right. <sighs> it's a good time. All right. Well, but before we get out of here. Uh, no. Oh, I know. It's been I so. Know. Fuck you, Gary. No, it's been so. Why did Mike Finn send me something for, in Dropbox? Do you know why? Oh, okay. All right. Thanks. You can't send it yet. We haven't recorded it. All right. Good to know. Tech talk. Sorry yeah, about I guess. that. We're back. So talk to us about MySpace. You were the one. You were. You really took off on MySpace. If I did my research right. Am I uh, well, I I won this MySpace stand up sit down competition That's that they it. hosted. Uh, George Lopez hosted it and. It, you know, like back in the day, I was I was just starting to do the clubs, and mm-hmm. I and I remember my manager like, you keep advancing in this thing, and they're going to have this big show in Vegas, and you could win like fifty grand, and you know you should start promoting this on your page. I'm like, fuck that, fuck contests. <laughs> I'm in Dallas. I'm headlining that week, and that's where I'm going because I'm a comic. He's like, no, you should really. Ca-. And then I I listened to him, mm-hmm. and then I won the thing, and people vote on it, and uh. And I was like, oh, thank God I <laughs> listened to him because, because then I got a tour. I got my own tour oh, cool. that MySpace did for a summer. So I got to go to like, you know, 15 different cities. And that, that was the start of me being introduced to the clubs where I was starting to headline after that. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, it was a great experience. And then I took that money and just basically bought a loft downtown Los Angeles back when nobody was downtown or right, anything right. was happening. So I kind of got in at the right time as well. So it was a lot of pluses, but so funny to think that MySpace was such a huge, huge part of our lives back in the day because it was the first before Twitter, Instagram, right. Facebook. This was it, and everybody was on it. And I remember going out to cities and like finding girls targeting Phoenix, and I just look at find hot girls and be like, "Hey, I'm in town. You want to come to a comedy show?" And it was the greatest. And then it's such a joke now. Right. Yeah. It's a graveyard for I mean, people go back to people's old profiles and find embarrassing things and put them up like Tom Hardy's going through that now. Right. But I mean, back in the day, MySpace was the shit. I mean, you guys were on, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it don't was, you remember like the I was top comedian eight, of the week a couple times? The the top Boom. the top eight friends. <laughs> Thank you, Jordy like, Fox. We're like critical. You know what I mean? Oh, You're like, I'm not in your top eight. Remember oh, the that? top eight, yeah. Yeah. Then you'd have to expand it out to the top 12 or the top 16 so you weren't pissing people off. The top 25 is when, yeah. Yeah, like people were mad. Like, how are you not putting me in your top 12? I'm in your top 12 and you're not putting me in my- Yeah, it's like, like, I'm sorry. I wanted to put John John Lennon, Paul McCartney- and you, you, everybody had profiles. It's like, yeah, I'm going to put the Beatles in my top eight or something. <laughs> right. It's like, well, there's no room for me. No, not at all. <laughs> there are four Beatles, dude. You're at five. What? So when is when is Facebook going to be the joke? Like something's got to come. So I think, I think, down, I think right? it is. I think if you ask like high school kids, mm-hmm. like they don't use it. They're all about Instagram and they use uh, Snapchat. I mean, it's yeah. Twitter's a big thing. Like I, I think a lot of people aren't using it as much as they once did. I think it's slowly kind of in. 
the downslope. Yeah, even I, when I, I was so on MySpace and then Facebook came out and I was so on Facebook and even now I'm not on Facebook as much. I'm just on Twitter Mm because it's just like, it's so quick and you just see the instant reaction of everything. That's what I appreciate. You know, even like I watch a Penguins game and I live tweet with other fans watching the Penguins and Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a more fun dynamic as opposed to Facebook where it's literally just a post and then you read the comments. Yeah. That's kind of it. I was doing Periscope for a little while. I never got onto it. I hired. Yeah. I was got hired to Periscope from the LA Podcast Festival. That was fun, but I, you know, it's like I don't know. That's one of those things. I wonder if it would catch up. I mean, like certain things tried to catch on, never did. You know what I mean? I just wonder if that if that will. To me, Periscope advance. was always. It, it was too invasive. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like anytime. Yeah. I, I just didn't like. You know. I I just think you devalue. You, it's like, let them come see you at the club. Yeah. That's when they get to see you. Don't yeah. every, every, here's me brushing my teeth. It's like, there's some guys and I think we know who they are. Uh. Where they're just on it nonstop. And then it, it's like, I don't give a shit. I'm not excited to go see that particular person right. at the club that night. That, that's just it's my almost, it's almost like when you're talking with somebody on the phone and they want to FaceTime, I'm almost like, I'd rather just talk to you. I like, I don't need to see your face or your Well, movement. it's funny because you know when you call me, it's like, just text me. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. I don't understand why there's not more wangs on Periscope or genitalia in general. Oh, like I don't know. Like that's what I figure. Pretty soon, some weirdo is going to be showing off his junk. I'm, I'm sure it's happened. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, chat roulette. That's what happened. Remember chat roulette? Oh, I don't know chat roulette. Chat roulette is something where it, it was again. Everything starts off innocent, right? And then <laughs> one guy with a hard on will ruin it for everybody. Right, right. Pretty much like the internet, Gary. But <laughs> but chat roulette is basically you go on and you could talk to anybody in the world and it's roulette. You just don't know where it's going to end up. And then they slowly people would click on somebody else and then there'd just be a dick there and he's just jerking off. <laughs> and that was the demise of chat roulette. And MySpace, I think. Was my- <laughs> MySpace ended with Tom's dick pic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for uh, piggybacking. You know what we did? We uh, um, these guys have a show, which you can tell us about. And so I came into the uh, came into the studio after. And yeah, yeah you normally do yours from your house, which yeah, I, yeah. is an amazing house, by the way. I love Thank your you. house. Thank you very much. Love it. Where part of town you live in, Will? Uh, I live in Pasadena. Steve, I just called you your brother's name. It's oh. okay. Yeah. No, oh, that, that's kind of you to have done my my brother's thing. But I live in Pasadena. And uh, yeah, I've been working with Gary. We've only done maybe 14 or 15 episodes of The Gentleman's Dojo. And basically the premise is we've known each other. And as you've heard throughout the course, I'm just exhausted. I didn't feel like jabbing back, but- no, right. I've, <laughs> I'm accomplished. Exactly. I've done things. He's done nothing. Right. And he shits on me constantly. Right. Sure. Nobody's so, accomplished, won this MySpace competition, three stand-up specials, and you're still sitting here next to me. And you're going home and I'm heading to the Warner Brothers lot. Fuck you. Go ahead, Murray. I don't know why that turned so <laughs> ugly so quickly. Yeah, I don't know why the fuck you at This was like, all right, I had two older brothers and we used to beat the shit out of each other every mm-hmm. day. Well, they yeah. used to beat the shit out of me. Yeah. Actually, my oldest brother used to beat the shit out of me and my middle brother would watch. So I felt like the middle brother today. Oh, really? Like that you were involved two in the middle? brothers yeah. fighting and I just sat back because I'm yeah. the middle child. Nobody cares about me. So funny. That our hermaphroditic uh, brother sister could get his ass kicked by the older brother. <laughs> what is that? Who just, who what just do you just yeah, I, I know. That. I know. Can we, yeah. Can we score on that? Who got called a hermaphrodite? Yeah. We'll Gary. edit that out. Oh, that, that would be Gary. Gary. Yeah. All right. Where can we find you guys? Uh, where are we? We have a whole tour schedule coming up oh, between now you. and the end of this Everything year. Everything I have is at Steve Byrne Live. Okay. Yep. 
Easy, don't, Gary. And don't forget about that. His car is parked out front. And everything Gary has is at Steve Byrne Live. Absolutely. Yeah. You, see you those can find dates? Gary on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Misconnections. <laughs> With a dick pic. With a, <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette Trunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow, more missing merch And drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon